Hello and welcome back to the IDC Tech Talk podcast. I'm your host, Miles Dawson, and today I'm very excited to be doing something a little bit new with the podcast because we have two guests with us here today. We have Lawrence Freeborn. Hello. And we have Thomas Sink. Hi, good morning, everyone. Uh, now, gentlemen, you, you both work for the Financial Insights team here at IDC. Um, it'd be helpful if you gave our listeners a quick overview of what your roles are and more about the coverage that your team has in Amir. Yeah, so I'm Lawrence Freeborn. I'm the research manager for IDC Financial Insights. I work out of the office in London and cover European banking digital transformation strategies. Hi, my name is Lawrence. I am stationed in Munich and I'm leading our European financial services research. Uh, we are a small but fine crew of analysts. Uh, while Lawrence is focusing mostly on retail banking, uh, I'm building our corporate banking research and then we have a third analyst, uh, Sabita, who's not with us today, who's focusing on insurance. That's great. Thank you very much. So today um, we're going to be talking a little bit about mobile banking and how banks are driving forward with mobile platforms, even though uh, the numbers don't necessarily show that consumers are uh, following along with that. Um, is that true? What, what, can you give us a quick background on what the numbers say about that? Uh, yes, so we ran our annual consumer channel preference survey earlier this year, and that interviewed more than 2,000 people across the three uh, major European markets of France, uh, Germany and the UK, uh, looking at their banking habits, their likes and dislikes, and how they might respond to some of the new regulations and experiences which are starting to appear. Um, so just in terms of a channel uh, usage snapshot, what we're seeing is uh, online banking is fairly well um, established. It's the most um, penetrative uh, channel. Um, people are most likely to use the online banking channel on an almost daily or a weekly basis. Um, in terms of weekly or monthly, so less frequent interactions, lots of people still use the branch. Um, and when you get down to the least frequent, maybe less than once a month, people use the branch more than any other a channel. So I haven't mentioned mobile. Um, there's only really between uh, 15 and 20% of people um, who use it frequently, um, either almost daily or weekly. And there's still a big, big chunk of people, um, well over a third of people in UK, France and Germany who told us in the survey that they simply never use uh, mobile banking. So that's really the background for this uh, podcast today. Right, so so the consumers are resisting that wave of new channels, and they're and they're still keen to maintain that physical contact with their bank branches. Then, how are financial institutions going to effectively digitise their business? Well, when, when you look at the statistics, the, the branch is still the, the key sales channel for, for most of the banks out there. And even if customers go through a more complex journey when they inform themselves on, on what's available in the market or to get offers or even to transact and manage their accounts through digital channels, some parts of the digital product lifecycle still remain reserved for physical contact. And that's particularly around uh, account opening and account, uh, account closing. So banks really need to focus on uh, developing end-to-end a digital channel lifecycle so new technologies around video identification, digital identities, biometrics, and generally a better way of handling the KYC part of it um, are, also ready, are already readily available, but the rollout is still largely limited, and in certain markets that's uh, obviously limited by regulation, sometimes it's the organizational structure that's a, that's a barrier here. Eventually, I believe data will be the key, and, and the convergence of several of the innovation accelerators and third-platform technologies that we at IDC are talking a lot about will be the, the ultimate 
its uh, well, vehicle to, to achieve value in the, in the, in the business cycle. By, when you take each of those technologies by themselves, they are obviously bringing some, some impact on the business, but the real value really comes out when you, when you combine them. So take, for instance, combining IoT, the Internet of Things, with cognitive and robotics, and that's when you really get a, a real impact. And so far, we really have seen that the financial services industry, although they were very early startups, for instance, in big data, is still relatively mature compared with other industries such as retail or particularly the e-commerce space when it comes to, for instance, contextual marketing and how you engage customers. So yeah, picking up on what Tom said about the branch remaining a key sales channel, we did a big piece of research on this in 2015 and this is absolutely right. Um, when we talk about digitization, there's lots of things banks can do to digitize their branches. I mean, this includes introducing digital signs um, that can be controlled remotely or, or centrally to replace old-fashioned posters, introducing uh, touch interfaces in the branch to replace older automated tellers and the like. These kinds of things, they can be cost-saving measures which help put branches on a sustainable footing. We've also seen people like Virgin Money, um, AIB, um, and lots of others come up with totally new uh, branch concepts which are fully uh, digitally enabled. Um, these types of concepts can get customers used to the idea of the branch as being part of the digital offering of the bank and maybe accelerate the move towards fully digital channels as well. Just a, a, a couple of other small points. So maybe enterprise mobility is something that should come into this discussion. Um, equipping staff with tablets which they can use to teach customers about mobile and digital experiences and also uses uh, sales platforms is another factor here. Uh, the famous example is Barclays who've got their uh, digital eagles uh, concept uh, running for a few years as well. What's Barclays um, digital eagles? So Barclays, yes, yeah, so like I say, this has been running for a few years and it's a very celebrated example of uh, banks equipping um, their sales agents, their customer support staff within the branches with digital technology, mostly in the form of tablets to um, use them as a sales platform for uh, for customers, as I've said. Um, mm -hmm. Barclays has, had, has been quite keen on um, engaging with people that come into the branch and making them more digitally savvy, um, more likely to go away and start using the mobile channels, the online channels, um, when they go away from the branch. So I think this, in some ways this is uh, cannibalizing the branch business, but on the other hand, you know, encouraging people to, to use the mobile channels, obviously a, uh, a worthwhile goal from Barclays' point of view. Uh, we were last week at an event and uh, Barclays' uh, UK CEO was, was giving his view on, on the Eagles Lab and he was saying, so for instance, they, they provide uh, 3D printers there so people can go and, and print out their ideas without sending them somehow expensively to China to have it, uh, to test it. So it's it's almost that they're they're pushing uh, that rather than trying to push them away from the branch, they're actually trying to encourage people to come into the branch more by using digital technology. Uh, that is definitely um, uh, an objective. I mean, it's really about well generating that that bigger outreach and, and really get into conversations with people that that usually might not be your your original customers. Interesting. So, so what what will it take then to uh, to encourage customers and the financial institutions themselves to embrace digital channels more wholeheartedly? Well, I believe contextualization and relevance are really the key here. But this is obviously a lot more difficult than it sounds. From privacy over to data management and analytics, the challenges here are really manifold. 
Yeah, this really holds the key to drive digital customer engagement. Our survey showed that there is a large degree of openness towards uh, for, for consumers towards, for instance, trading personal data against better pricing or a better service. However, what is the real pull factor for, for each um, customer will really depend on the market, on the personal preferences, as well as on the product. So there's not really a, a golden bullet here that we can recommend. It's really about trial and error and, and figuring that really for particular customer segments, if not the, the segment of one. Another key uh, enabler really is agility. And uh, it's really about how quickly can you develop, can you test, can you implement and evaluate and refine uh, new campaigns and products. And then the last one, and probably the most well, challenging uh, over the last couple of years was the intuitiveness of, of digital applications. And this is really where the banks have, or some banks have done a pretty poor, poor job and we haven't really seen the, the killer app from any bank in terms of intuitiveness of use. But I believe now with, with open banking and uh, that's brought about by, by PSD2, so that will definitely push the agenda for banks to, to come up with a, with a better digital offering, really answering to the needs of the customer. Yeah, so if I can come back to the just a specific point of how banks can encourage uh, customers to adopt digital channels. I mean, if you look at the online channel, you can say that this battle has um, largely been won already in uh, countries such as the UK and as I mentioned earlier you can see that in uh, in the results of the consumer preference survey so you know, asking how did this happen the obvious point is, is clearly that it's a more convenient channel than what went before um, all of the while uh, banks have been hammering home this message that online is a secure uh, channel I mean they they advertise this relentlessly they they all a promise to cover any losses from online fraud for their customers, provided the, the customers could point out that they'd behaved in a, a reasonable way. But a similar push hasn't really happened for the mobile channel so far. Um, and considering that security concerns are usually the biggest factor stopping people using mobile, I just think that banks should really be shouting from the rooftops that mobile is, is probably more secure than any other channel, so long as it's done right. What we don't know currently is how consumers will take to new uh, digital channels which are just starting to develop. So things like uh, messaging interfaces and virtual assistants are examples of this. Probably also the PSD2 style account aggregators which we're all expecting as well. These are really only just beginning uh, to emerge and yeah just to repeat it's a bit early to say what adoption will be like and frankly I think that um, in the end, it's likely to come down to nat uh, natural attrition um, to push up adoption rates. I mean, speaking as a millennial, I feel at home on the mobile channel, but I'm less interested in using virtual assistants, probably compared to younger generations. And to me, the idea of talking to Google Home or something like that into an otherwise empty room just seems a little bit weird. <laughs> It's, it's interesting now because I, um, I've, I've got Alexa, Amazon Alexa at home, and um, the concept of using that to do banking is a bit alien to me. Even though I'm, as same, I'm a millennial, I'm very much into mm. my mobile channel. When it comes to my banking, I do almost all my banking through my mobile. The concept of using an AI or a cognitive to do that is, is quite alien to me. But that actually brings me on to my next question, which is, 
with all these different channels going on, I mean, what what's what's the best option here? I mean, is it is the option to go omni-channel and push like a mixture of everything, or should should these um, financial institutions really be focusing on mobile first? I mean, what's the best option there? Well, I believe that while mobile clearly has a lot of potential, uh, there will be a lot of markets, particularly in Europe and North America, that will be quite slow to go mobile. If they ever go mobile. I think they will go at some point though. So people don't trust it, uh, usability and intuitive remain an issue and uh, some accelerators such for instance as mobile payments are not really working the way in Europe or Northern America because people are already used to other payment types for instance just like tapping a, 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 a contactless card. So unless mobile payments can really offer a value add, why would I change my, my behavior? And I think that's, that's really a, a key barrier in, in that option of mobile banking in, in Europe. Other markets, however, uh, particularly when we think I talk about emerging markets here, the, the story is completely different. Uh, take China as an example. I mean, that's really brilliant what Alipay and Tenpay are doing over there. They have really reached mass adoption in mobile payments in the bigger cities and you can pay for pretty much everything uh, with your with your mobile app and the banks in China were obviously completely late to this game and as a matter of fact have been more or less disintermediated from payments now all of those players are quite banking license now so I think now we're really up for the uh, end game uh, fight over over retail banking in China. So it's really interesting what's happening there. That's also applying in many other emerging markets. And I think for Europe, banks should really, by all means, invest in building a first-class mobile platform. But consumers will be a lot more selective in the channels that they want to use. They will go with what they know, which is call a call center if they have a problem or even come to a branch to, to really get that personal touch in the relationship. And it's really more about offering any, everything um, at, the, um, at the same time and let the customer decide uh, according to his uh, particular preferences and also to his uh, momentary uh, needs. So it depends really on where he is, what he wants to do, how much time he has. So the better digital channels are connected and integrated in the overall customer experience, the more consumers will shift eventually towards digital. So for me, it's really, uh, I think European banks should consider focusing on the only experience. Um, I think, at least for the moment, while mobile adoption and also those other new channels that are coming up is still limited, it's really a smart move to focus on, on building this, this consistent uh, cross-channel experience rather than focusing all my uh, efforts into building a world-class mobile proposition that people might not be using, really. Yeah, so my position on this is that you're only really going to be talking about omnichannel if you already have a branch network. There are a couple of new-ish banks who are making a virtue of, of using new style branches like uh, Metro Bank or, or Handles Bank, but if you're designing a bank from scratch, you're very unlikely to, to decide that having a branch network is the way to go. Um, it reminds me of the old joke about asking directions. So if an HSBC or a Deutsche Bank or whoever it is comes to you and says, how do I become the perfect bank? The easy answer is, I wouldn't start from here. 
So on this basis, I just think it's simplistic or uh, maybe even dangerous to preach an omni-channel message because we're at a time when industries are being massively uh, digitally disrupted. If you look at high street retailers, they're in the throes of a long-term and probably uh, irretrievable recession, really. And if you look at banks, I mean, you know, while this, this podcast is being recorded, they're, br- they're closing branches all the time. You can add to that that the, the big re- regulations that are coming down the pipe as well. Um, PSD2 is clearly setting us up for a time when mobile is the big battleground for customer experience in the coming years. And also, uh, if you look at GDPR, I mean, this is all about acknowledging the centrality of data and e-commerce in the years to come. So all of this really screams to me mobile first. So maybe not mobile only, uh, but definitely mobile first. Interesting. So the um, it's it's up to you, listener, who you choose to side with, either Thomas or with Lawrence. <laughs> okay, well, uh, we're in an interesting ending to this podcast now because we have two possible options. Is it omnichannel or is it mobile first? We'd love to hear your opinions. So please do get in touch. You can comment on the post on the IDC website. You can get in touch through social media as well. You can tweet us at IDC underscore Amir or you can give your opinions to Thomas and Lawrence as well. Are you guys on Twitter? Uh, yes, I'm on at IDC Lawrence. And my Twitter handle is ThomasSync5, all in one word. Brilliant. So, we, as again, we'd love to hear your opinions. Please get in touch and let us know where you think the market is moving. And um, please join us again next time, where we'll be discussing another topic affecting the IT industry. You can also find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, and YouTube. Just search for us there under IDC. Thank you all very much, and see you next time. Thank you, Mark. Bye.